Welcome to Uncovered. I'm Steph. I'm Renee, and this is a podcast created by pole dancers for pole dancers. Welcome back to Uncovered. So today we have something a little bit different for you guys. We figured coming to the end of our first season, you've spent a lot of hours with us, so it's probably time you got to know us a little better. So today, I am taking the pleasure of interviewing Renee. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) And finding out more about her. Um, So yeah, really, really excited. So we will do an episode of Renee, an episode on myself, and yeah, time to get to know us a little bit better. We've um, we asked on Instagram as well, and we so we got a few questions from our listeners that we'll throw in there at the end as well. Awesome, let's dive. In. And I guess it's, it's good to note that I don't know what she's going to ask me. <laughs> yes, oh, maybe I know like one or two questions. Yeah, we actually have planned these episodes separately. Yeah, so I have a list of questions. Um, and they might be different, like the episodes themselves. They might be structured a little bit differently depending on who wants to ask what questions. <laughs> but um, to start, mm-hmm. Renee, I'd like you to just tell us a little bit about you. Like oh, who are you? Like, like, it feels like I'm, a, I'm in a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your elevator pitch? Oh, my God. A bit about me. Um, I guess I am – I'm a pole instructor here at Addictive Pole Fitness Underwood. Everybody knows that. Um, I, I'm i 27 years old. I really like being outdoors, um, at the beach, anywhere sort of I can go for a bit of adventure. Um, it's hard to just like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> um what do you – well, yeah, you like adventure, you like being outdoors. Maybe we'll dive into the rest yeah. of who you are a little bit later. So to sum that up, Renee is a pole dancer and instructor. She's yeah. 27 years old and she likes being outdoors. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's actually me. That's me that's completely. You. So um, for those who don't know, Renee has been pole dancing for, is it nine years this year? Mm, I think so. Because I think we started the same year. Um, so who was Renee before you started pole dancing? Oh, my God. I don't even remember um what nine was, years is a long time I actually well actually it's funny because I do remember the very the the call or the actually sorry the message I got from my old boss asking me um if I would want to start teaching I was at placement so yeah. I was studying to be a social worker um and I was working at child safety in my first placement so oh, wow. I, I can't remember how far I think I was quite a while in I think I still had like a month or so to go because you have to do like 500 hours or 18 weeks or of placement of like four days. So, well, technically it's five days a week. One yep. day you're on campus and the other four days you're at PRAC. But nobody went to campus on that last day because <laughs> everyone was like, free labor, I am not going on that last day. So, yeah, I was doing that. I would have been working at Dreamworld at the same time. So oh, yes. I was a lifeguard there. Um, and yeah, I think that, so I would have been in my third year of uni. And how old would have you been then? 20? Uh, No, you're a couple of years younger than me. So you must have been like. Because I went to uni straight out of school. Oh, when did I have my gap year? I had a, I had a gap a gap six months. I don't know. I need to look back and remember (laughs) what I I should have given you like a. But, But I guess before poll, I wasn't really 
doing much in terms like I didn't go to the gym. I would just do everything outdoors is which is why I sort of said I Did you I play was, any sport at nah, the time? No, nah, at school I played sport. Um, I did do touch football for a little bit with my mum and <laughs> her um, rehab team. <laughs> this sounds really, really odd, but she used to work at a rehab, uh, okay. uh, like a halfway sort of place for people um, – you know, recovering from drug and alcohol addiction and they had this community um, touch football team and there wasn't a lot of women on the team. So my mum was on it and she also was like, oh, would you like to come on it? We need more girls because you'd have to have half, half. Yeah. And so I used to go out to Logan Village at like a ridiculous hour of the morning, like sunrise and train we sucked like oh my god you guys actually did like this is a social thing but you guys still train we train we well we tried to train (laughs) twice a week and anybody that knows that field knows how challenging obviously you know people with addiction like what you go through so it's not like it's something that they kind of wanted to do but they have other priorities um, and people would come like so come this into the was team. not just like the people on the rehab team like the workers it was also people who were going through it rehab. was the, well, it was only the people going through it oh okay okay this yeah so it was the yeah. clients plus my mum and then one other worker yeah. and me so we were the only ones that weren't actually going through this rehab program which sounds like a conflict of interest but it was a community team and I guess the biggest thing was that um, we played in the community so we're trying to connect them to the community um, and sort of, you know, they sort of did like therapy through that way. But it was really interesting. We never won a game. We lost every single game. (laughs) There was a lot of challenges but it was fun. So that was the only other thing I had done and um, I sort of, yeah, wanted to do something but I never had really found something that I wanted to because I got frustrated in team sports because I'd try really hard and train and you're like reliant on other people. Yeah. So, yeah, so until I found pole, I, yeah, I was not really doing much. Um, So tell us about your first ever pole dancing class. Oh, okay. So we, I went with my friend, so my friend Sarah dragged me along and not like dragged, she organised um, oh, actually, no, I wasn't working at Dreamwood. I was working at the bowling alley at the time because yeah. that's where I worked with her and she took me and three other girls that we worked with to do pole class and we did a trial class. Yeah. Actually, no, we didn't do a trial. We signed up for well, – we did our trial as our first um, beginner one, like a level one, what mm. it was called back then. And – we did it and then we were just like, okay, we're just going to sign up. So there were six of us all at the same time and we'd gone, we'd done the hour and we're like, yep, sign us up. It's like a whole class. It was like from a business perspective. It, it's like, yeah. I'll take all six of you. Thank you. Literally, we all did. And we all did the term. And then um, my friend that brought us there, she had stopped and the others kept going. And then after level, I think it was five, everybody else sort of was sort of like, oh, we'll have a break over Christmas. Um, and then I was like, oh, I don't want to have a break. I want to keep going. So then I kept going and then none of them came back. They came back a couple of years later, but nobody came back. And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't stop. How did you, do you recall how you felt going into your first pole class? Um, not really. I, I was kind of just like, oh, okay, what's this? Like I d- hadn't even heard of pole before. Oh, wow. My friend's like, oh, like there's like, we're going to try this thing. Like it's in Capella Bar. Yeah. Um, and and, yeah, so I, I don't even remember how I thought. I was just kind of like, oh, I'll give it a go. And then as we're doing it, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, it's like I tricks mean, and all this sort of cool stuff. So, 
So I think it's really important for those who know Renee and based on some of the questions we got about you through the, from the listeners is that you don't have a dance background, you no. don't have a gymnastics background because no. so many, I'm pretty sure so many people look at you and be like, oh, my God, you've just always been amazing. But, Mm-mm. yeah, no, I think that's I a <laughs> <laughs> really super important thing to know. So at what point in your pole journey did you start getting serious about pole and what, like, drove that decision? I think that when I became an instructor, so I, for that first, maybe even six months or eight months, I was just coming once a week because I was still studying. I was still working and I was kind of like, oh, I like this, but it was sort of just like a hobby for me. I was never even thinking about competing or anything like that. Um, And I'd gone through all the levels at the gym in one year. So if you sort of like there was, um, I think there was eight, seven or eight levels. And I was like, is eight. this the pole gym? Yeah. Yeah, it was eight, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'd gone through them all in in the year. So we only sort of ever trained one side. And like I did progress pretty quickly. I got a pole at home as quick as I could. And that was literally a street pole um, <laughs> that my dad had like he, because he does like welding and stuff. So he had yeah. taken it to his workshop and sort of made it like smooth yeah. and then put it in our garage. And because I was like, dad, I want it to be spinning and I want it to be static. So he created this little like device and put it into the garage. And I had these like shitty little carpets and that I'd found on the side of the road um, and I would just practice. And it was the worst pole ever. I think it's actually still in my dad's garage. Like we'd taken it down and it was just like, you can't even comprehend, like it wasn't slippery, like a normal slippery pole. It was like real powdery and it was so hard. You couldn't grip your hands, you couldn't grip your legs, but I would just like went and practiced all the time. I'm determined. Yeah. So I only went to one class a week, but then I was just at home practicing and teaching myself things like from like really early on. So you were pretty like obsessed, like. Yeah, I think I did a couple um, terms first, just sort of doing it. And Mm. then I was like, oh, I want to pull at home. Yeah. Um, And so then, yeah. And my dad, like super supportive, like it was just me and my dad that lived together. And, um, you know, he's seen my journey along the whole way. And he's been like, I can't believe what you can do. And he would say to my uncle, like, oh, she can hold herself sideways. Come look at this, Renee, come show. And he built a chin-up bar for me. He built, he even made me a lira. He's done like, he's oh, been amazing. my biggest supporter um, in in his own weird way. He's been to one, one show of yeah. mine, um, but he's not really a social person. <laughs> so he's just like, meh. Can I just watch the video later? Yeah. But, yeah, so I think when I started teaching, when I got asked to start teaching, um, I sort of started taking it really seriously in terms yeah. of like, oh, hang on a second, we should be doing both sides. Like, mm. oh, there's more to this. It made me think more about it. Yeah. And um, do you feel like that's when your journey itself progressed like definitely. quite quickly? Yeah. Because you were starting to understand the movements of the body. And- yeah. And I was like I did a lot of training myself and trying yeah. to and like I always say to people now like don't look on Instagram and try and teach yourself things and I'm like that's exactly what I was doing um yeah. and I look at my videos and like so many things in the wrong way and I'm just like sort of really glad that I didn't injure myself really badly or create really poor movement patterns yeah. I have a few like things that I still like my body re- reverts to um that's not really helpful but yeah I'm pretty lucky um I think that's yeah pretty awesome like especially teaching yourself on a um makeshift pole and you haven't had like 
Uh, and it was like I could do one climb and touch the top. Eventually um, at the studio they were putting new poles in, so putting yep. 45 mil because it was yep. all 50 mil oh, stainless. Yes. Yep. So they were getting rid of um, the poles and the owner was like, oh, does anybody want one? And I was like, yes. And so I literally carried this, I think it was like it must have been I think three or four metres, maybe it was three and a half metres including like sort of gone in the roof on my car as like a little Holden Barina home. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Dad, I got a new pole. Can you now put this one in? And he did. And so then I had the 50 mil stainless. So it was a bit better but still in a garage in summer, 50 hot and sweaty. It's, yeah. But you were training on 50 mils anyway because that was what. That's all I had trained shoot. on. Yeah. That is yeah. all we had trained on. We got 238s competition mm. um for people but I never really used that until I sort of got into the higher levels um so from this story I really take that you're quite determined mm. and motivated <laughs> and this was a listener's question what motivates you like what what brings that drive that like just listening to that story I put a pole on my like little holder burrito and took it <laughs> home <laughs> but like what drives you internally um I think that like I when I really know what I want like I like know it so if I'm like oh no this is what I want I know it and I will be like okay I know what I need to do to get there and sort of just going after that is enough for me in a way like I definitely have days where motivation is not there I'm like oh I'd rather just sit on the couch or do this or do that but I sort of just bring my mindset back to like there's a couple of things I do if I'm really having a shit day and I want to just get in and get something done like at the gym or pole I think of like people that can't do things you know or people mm. that it's like or when I've been sick or injured and all I wish that I could do is go and train yeah. and go on the pole and move around if I can't do something if I'm limited all I'm thinking about is man I took it for granted so much what I can when mm. I could go do stuff and I was just being lazy um but yeah, purely I just love it, love the sport so much mm. and I'm just like I just want to – I have goals and I know that like for me it doesn't feel like, oh, I need to have all this motivation. It's like it's there for me because I'm like I love it so much and that's like for me it's so my lifestyle. So very passionate. Yeah. So you said you have goals. You don't have to share all your goals with us but would you like to share one of your current goals? Oh, God, pole goals. Yeah, yeah, or whatever is driving you right now in this moment. You'll probably listen to this in like five years' time and be like, what the fuck? No, my biggest one, which I guess is not like a huge, I don't know, people might not think it's a huge goal, but I want to like build a really strong, resilient body. So yeah. like I want to stay injury-free and I want to just keep polling. Like I'm really thinking a lot more now about longevity um, and I don't want to be sore. I don't want to have niggles or anything like that. And I want to have like I'm focusing on that so that then I can compete and do this and do that sort of stuff. So what are you doing? Like what what are you doing to work towards that resilient body? Because I feel like there'd be so many people who would have just heard that and was like <laughs> – what is she doing? I need to know. Well, what the main things I sort of think about is I want to be like, because I like outdoors, I like adventure and doing stuff. I want to be able to do whatever. Like people throw at me. It's like, oh, we've got an obstacle course. Oh, okay. I want to jump in and do it. Like not necessarily like, hey, there's a marathon and I'll just like be able to go and do a marathon, but I want to be able to physically be ready mm. for like almost anything. Like, oh, we're going to go do this hike. Yep. No worries. I can yep. do that you know? So I think 
doing different things cross training. Like in winter, I always joke around and say I do I hike mountains in winter um, mm. and not in summer because one, it's way too hot. Yeah. And in winter, you don't always want to go to the beach. Like I still would go to go surfing and stuff, but yep. it's when it's cold, you don't really want to be at the beach no. anyway. So in, in winter, I go hiking and then in summer, I go to the beach. But I also doing, trying new things. I'm, at the moment, I'm doing like calisthenics to challenge my body differently. I was doing gymnastics beforehand, like adult gymnastics. Mm. I go to the gym as well. Um, and yeah, like anything I was doing pilates for a bit um yeah just anything that so if there was somebody who was wanting aerials yes aerials uh aerials aerials <laughs> so if there was somebody listening who was that was like yep like i want to start my journey towards a resilient body which i think is super duper important because like everything you just say i just want to be able to do it it's about building a mm. functional body and that yes. hopefully that functional body will take you while you're older considering our lifespan is going to last longer and longer and longer what would you tell somebody where would you tell them to start or what would your be if i said to you i my body's not very resilient but <laughs> like i'm ready to start like what would you tell me to start with um oh it's really hard isn't it but i think start trying to learn a bit about your body first like and that's what i've sort of been trying to do more of is what well, learn about the human body in general and yeah. how like I guess muscle building works how yeah. you get more flexible like what actually happens a lot of people don't realize like oh you know actually you do need lots of water to function properly not just for your brain but you know when you're sweating especially if you're a really sweaty person you don't replenish that you got to eat properly. You got to have proper nutrition, that sort of stuff. So learning about that stuff, and then it makes you like that's learning about that sort of stuff has made me more passionate. And I wouldn't say I'm like nowhere near an expert, especially in nutrition. I find that stuff the hardest. But I made it a thing to like read a couple books, do a couple like even free online stuff. Mm. Um, you know, really talk to people who know this stuff about nutrition just to get a bit of a baseline understanding yep. of things. Um, because you know, you can't know everything about everything. That's no. why we have experts in the field that yeah. you can go and rely on and you don't need to know everything, but I would say you need to have, or you should have a, just a basic understanding. Like I really think schools don't teach enough about just basic life skills and basic things about the human body. So you should know that stuff. And then you can go to someone to get assistance like I want to know how to create my own training programs for myself and I want to problem solve that so I'm doing more sort of research and sort of um into that but I would say for anybody else just go to an expert like learn mm. learn a bit more but go to an expert yeah and use those two things together yeah yeah I think that'd be quite a powerful combination so you touched on competitions earlier mm. like you said um that was I think that was in goals. Mm -hmm. What are your plans for competitions uh, in the coming years? I wanted to compete. I wanted to compete last year again, but COVID happened. Um, <laughs> Thank you, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to compete. I think I'll try and compete this year. Um, and I'll probably just try and do one. I was planning to potentially do two, um, but then maybe next year again. I don't really know. Like I always say to people, I don't have a huge desire to compete. I'm not a massively competitive person mm. um and also performing I'm again I'm not like that doesn't really drive me for me the driving is just being able to poll being a healthy person <clears throat> excuse me 
think like teaching and just doing cool stuff, like I love mm. seeing everybody else perform. It's like gets you really motivated. Mm. Um, but I do love the sense of achievement and that process you go through to get to that point of being competition ready. So I think I'm going to try and use my new skills I've learned to train for a competition but to the point that I'm not like like screwed after it like I don't want to be like oh my god like that was just so Mm. much because the first competition I ever did I literally put everything into it and it was like I it's not that I'd I'd never burnt out from pole but I was just so exhausted after and my body was just ruined was that pole expressions yeah um so what is your favorite performance that you've ever done on stage oh I would I always like my first one because it was such an achievement for me because it was the first time I've ever mm. um uh, competed. I did like a small little in-house one um for our studio. Um but yeah, it was like my first proper sort of performance. Yeah, the um, in-house one or the pole expressions one? Well, the pole expressions one. Yeah. Um and then my QBC one uh, not last year, the year before because that was the other one that I put so much into um, mm. and I really thought strategically about it and it's the hardest one I'd ever, like it's the hardest sort of routine I've ever done to date. So I yep. want to try and top that and do something that's um, harder than that and I performed that pretty perfectly. Like there was probably those two things I remember still now. There was one thing actually in the routine that I completely forgot to do but you don't even notice yeah. because I was there and then I was like, hmm, I'm at this pole really early. Like this is weird. Maybe I just sped it up. And then I look back later and I was like, oh, I actually forgot to do a little, like it was a little floor work move. That's not important. And then also going into my aerial shot amount on the spinner, I flex my foot on the pole and I cringe when I watch that. <laughs> but apart from that, like everything else was really good. Yeah. So I was like so, so happy with it. And that was the performance that you got crowned QPC champion in 2020, which you're like, <laughs> I sort of did it really weird. But. Uh, yeah. So I, well, yeah. So we obviously before COVID happened, they had the entries open for QPC that year. So I wanted to go back and um, do it again and do it better. And then obviously COVID happened and they were like, oh, well, everyone's already entered. So we're just going to judge via the video entries um, and do that. So, and then they, like, and I didn't even really know that that was happening to start with. And then, yeah, all of a sudden they were like, oh, you're champion. And I was like, what? I was like, and everyone's like, I can't wait to see your routine. I was like, it was my routine from last year because I didn't, think like we got a chance to enter a new one but no way would have I I have done anything better than that in that time I was like I I needed I need to be on stage I think Mm. to do that like that's what I wanted to do I didn't want to do it at a studio and I had other plans like because of COVID and stuff I like had changed my training schedule anyway yeah um so yeah, but like to great, find grateful, re- grateful of it. But yeah, it doesn't really feel like it to me. Yeah. Um. So I want to go back and try and. I think that's understandable. Like especially if you don't feel like you work towards it. Like your routine from is it 2019? Yeah. Is a pretty epic yeah, routine. Was- we'll have to share it with you guys. Um. And we'll have mm-hmm. to find dig out your first one, your pole expressions one. Yeah, I really like that one too. Yeah, I, that was actually a really good routine. I was like very. And I didn't stuff anything up on that one either. Yeah. So you you nailed that one too. We'll yeah. have to share it with you guys. Um, so do you have a morning routine? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm trying to get back to my morning routine, <laughs> but I did have a morning Pulled routine. Um, I've been sort of, I've been changing it depending on what my schedule is like. So 
at the moment, like I have a really crazy schedule in terms of with all my like jobs and stuff. I used to do like shift work. So I could work at 6am or I could start at 8 or I could do a night shift and Mm. finish at midnight or 1am. So and now it's a lot better that um, the earliest I start would be like 8 a.m. Yeah. So I've got a pretty regular sort of um, – well, I've got regular work now that I know what I'm doing. Mm. But I used to I used to get up um, in the morning and sort of try and do a little bit of stretching or just moving to start with. Um, I like going for walks. So if I can get up early enough, like maybe – Four times a week I'll go down to the water because uh, mm. I live out at Wynnum and just go for a walk along there if I have the time. And then pretty much I have to eat something for breakfast because otherwise I get hangry. <laughs> um, but apart from that at the moment, like that's my – I like I have to do something, move in yeah. the morning and I have to eat. That's yeah. my two things that I have to get done. And then if I have extra time, um, I always like make my bed. I love making my bed unless Ashley's still in it then <laughs> – I actually make I actually have been making it while he's still, really? <laughs> he's like, What are you doing? I'm still in the bed. I'm like, oh that's fine, I'm just tidying up a little bit. I'm a bit of a clean I'm a bit of a I can be a bit of a clean freak. <laughs> yeah. So what like what if you like wrecks your side of the bed that you just made? Well, it's ju- it's just it, the bed sheets get really especially in summer, they get really like obviously like thrown all over the place. Yeah. So I just want it like nice and tidy. So <laughs> I've, I think I've done it twice. I stopped making it while he was in it. So I just wait for him. But sometimes when I leave before him. But I like to come home to a nice made bed. Like it's just, I don't know if anybody else can relate, but it feels good. I, I, I do. I do feel you. I understand. I'm not so anal about it anymore, but I have been in the past. But not to the point that I'd make it while Ross was still in it. Um, so you've been instructing for a while now mm-hmm. and I – I obviously know that you want to continue to do this and really build on it. You're doing your strength and conditioning course. Um, you really want to start bringing different elements into pole. Um, but what's the biggest lesson you've learned since being a pole dancing instructor? For instructors or for students or? For yourself. For myself. It's all about you. Oh, my God. You should have prepared me with this one. The biggest lesson that I've learned being an instructor. Um. It's hard. I think I think that just pretty much that like for Paul, like everyone comes for different reasons mm. um, and everyone like even working within, within my other job like um, is I don't know if I said it but I, I do social work as well. Mm. So pretty much I love like relating to people and I love being around people. I don't – I could never be – at a desk just sitting there like with a computer I could not be on the phone like I've had jobs well one part of my job where I've had to like do days where I've just been on the phone and I hate it like hate it so much I just like I'm like I have to get up and move around and talk to people in the office um so yeah I think in terms of for myself is like with Paul is like just to enjoy where you're at Mm. and just don't compare yourself go slow um, and just enjoy the moment you're in, I guess. I don't know. You did really well being put on the spot. I was like, I'm, I'm that impressed. was a really hard one. I'm like the biggest lesson, like, I don't know. Um, on that, what can we see from you from an instructing sort of perspective in the next sort of 12 to 24 months? Like what 
Like I, I personally know you're working on a lot in this space, but like what could we what do you want to share with us that we could potentially see? Um before we get into listener questions. I I love like I love coaching people um and love teaching and I've really been interested in uh, like, cause I've done a lot of private, especially, um, just that year before COVID happened, mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of private lessons and I think I've, I found a bit of an extra passion for individualized coaching because obviously with pole, it's all group stuff. Um, you have curriculums and stuff apart, like the advanced levels, you have a little bit more of your own flair into it and what you want to teach Mm. but within the private lessons I really loved seeing everybody's individual potential and helping them reach that or them reach their goals so I want to get back to doing that stuff and I've been doing over COVID it sort of developed that I started training people online um, because a few people approached me and said we don't want to lose what we have got we want to be trained like can you just give us an excel spreadsheet or can you do this so I found this online platform that I can give people um, workouts and videos and that sort of stuff. Mm. And everyone that I have on there at the moment, I have um, would have personally taught them, whether it was just in classes or private lessons. Um, but I've been working on that for a bit and sort of just seeing where I want to take that because I really love doing that. So I always thought when I first started, it's like, oh, poll's never going to work. You can never train somebody online. Yeah. And then everyone went online when well, COVID, COVID happened. We had no choice when COVID happened. Exactly. Yeah. And it proved that you could. I think that there's definitely people, and we did an episode on the pros and cons yes. of online training. Yeah. I don't think it's for everybody. I agree. Um, and in saying that I want to develop it so that I want to be able to do in person with people every so often, but then plan them programs for them to go off and do themselves. Exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've started that. Um, I don't advertise that at all because I don't, I've, I've got a lot of work on it at the moment. I've had to actually people have like, it's already spreading word of mouth and I've had to um, say no because I'm already at full capacity. But in the future, once I refine it and, mm sort of get a bit more direction with it then I will sort of put it out there to people that want to do that sort of stuff Mm. especially like like I do it for people that just want like a few of my girls just like had lost their mojo and they just you know want something to do like how many times you come into the studio and be like okay you know I made some time for myself to come in to train you know I've got the motivation I'm here now what do I do yeah and it's like, oh, okay, well, practice stuff from class, but am I doing this right? Should I be doing this? Like, yep. And then you get overwhelmed. So for my girls, it's like, okay, I've got your goals. I've sort of done a bit of strengths and weakness testing and like this is what you're going to do. And I just give it to them. I'm like, and so then they just do it. And so they're like, it's just good because I don't have to think. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree. I think um, that is the biggest challenge, especially for people who don't quite know, especially if you're not an instructor and you don't mm. quite know how to level up your training. Uh, but that's really exciting. Yeah. I look forward to watching it develop. Yeah. Um, so we have some listener questions. First one, is there anything you can't do? Yes, I can't cook and I can't twerk. <laughs> And I know exactly who this question was from because she asked me it the other day um, when I was teaching. So I know exactly who it was from and she cracks me up. Um, What do you do to unwind? Um, Unwind. I like sleeping. I like being like honestly I always say but being outdoors and just doing something away from I don't really watch TV. I don't 
like it. I just, it's when I do, I just get bored and start doing something else or um, like I can watch a movie, but yeah, I just can't, I don't like being inside. I like being outside and doing stuff, being in nature or with animals and stuff like that. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? Pleasure. I wrote when I wrote this down. I wrote down really quick, and I wrote guilty pleaser. Guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure probably my caramel twirls. <laughs> <laughs> People that know me know I'm just obsessed with them, and the only way that I would stop eating it is if they discontinued <laughs> making it. And Steph is also the same. I am also a caramel twirl <laughs> addict. It's bad. Yeah. It's real bad. Um, so leading on from that, what three dishes, if you could only eat three dishes for the rest of your life, what would they be? Caramel twirl. <laughs> Zarafa's chicken and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I get the amount of, if anyone has never had a chicken and cheese from Zarafa's, they need to go. It is amazing. I'm just a bit obsessed. Um, and then I think my third one would be like, pasta like spaghetti oh. bolognese or like gnocchi or just anything gnocchi. I love anything um, pasta me too. I'll eat anything pasta unless it has seafood in it I don't like seafood and pasta but anything else pasta noted we're getting lasagna tonight too I know I am it's so tired. excited <laughs> I'm like <laughs> anyway last one spirit animal oh okay yeah so Steph did tell me about this and I was like I don't know I'm not I'm not really into that sort of stuff so I did a test and it told me I was a dolphin I kind of feel like this is like relevant like knowing you like it says something about it represents my soft and playful wisdom um I'm a spiritual soul who spreads my messes in a fun and light-hearted manner so that is why I am the dolphin spread your mess <laughs> how do you make a dolphin sound all right I do have one more thing before okay. we finish up I'm gonna ask you quick questions oh god you have to answer them quickly. First thing that comes to mind, I've only got one, two, three, four, five, oh six. Oh, my God. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm excited. What's your nemesis trick? Uh, anything with the knees. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you reading right now? Uh, Art of Resilience by Ross Edgley. Uh, favorite dance style? Sexy. Favorite travel destination? Ooh, Central America. Lastly, Poe Idol. Oh, Maddie Sparkle. Nice. That's some good answers. You are good. I'm oh my god! Anything with the knee, you look like you're under pressure. I was like, ah, oh, it's because I've got a sore knee at the moment, and then I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want anything with the knee. And um, that was amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving us a little bit more insight into who you are. So, for those of you who don't know, this is who Renee is. I feel like it was all over the place, but <laughs> it's all right. But this is what happens when you don't prepare for these things. Yeah. I look forward to knowing what you think about this in two or three years' time when you go back and listen to it and be like, God. holy shit, who the was I? So um, but thank you for joining us and allowing us the opportunity to get to know us better. Mm -hmm. um, I will be in the, in the hot seat next. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know more about me, stay tuned for next week. Otherwise, hit us up on uncovered.pd um, on Instagram. We are going on a little break after season one, so we can take it back in, refine. So make it's a great chance to go back and listen to something you haven't listened to. But in that time, let us know what you want to hear, and we look forward to making more cool shit for you. Until next time. Bye.